Welcome to the How to Not Execute Your Strategy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Ohai. This series is dedicated to the biggest lessons learned from the people who own strategic execution, the senior leaders who live in the center of it. My guest today is J.D. Stewart. J.D. is the co-founder and CEO of Stygian HC, a strategic supplier for Fortune 500 companies. With over 25 years of experience in supply chain, logistics, business development, and many other functions, he has a very unique view on how to create and execute strategies for a wide variety of industries and situations. Listen now as we explore how to transform a crumbling strategy into a highly successful pivot. Let's get to it. Hey, JD, I'm so excited to see you. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation, but more importantly, uh, you, the audience needs to know you're one of my closest friends, and I have watched you walk uh, the path of executing a strategy, and you have learned so much and your role as a CEO at Stygian. Um, so I, I know we're going to have some, I know we're going to have some some real truth bombs as the dialogue goes here. So real quick, just introduce yourself to the audience, a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Stygian. Gotcha. Hi, everybody. I'm J.D. Stewart. I'm the CEO of Stygian Corporation. And so we've been in business for the last uh, four years. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So th the story begins. Uh, take me to a time where you had a strategy that it did not go as planned. And what did you I, learn from it? I had this big strategy to start a bourbon company and mm to, you know, um, be one of the first African-American-owned bourbon companies in the country. And um, so the strategy was to put the bourbon together, distribute it, get it out there and, you know, you know, sell it and, and, and really uh, drive the, the, that industry, you know, to more African-Americans to be owners. And um, that was, that was our strategy. And, you know, with that, um, when you look at your strategy, the, the business environment changes on a consistent basis. Mm. Um, and you're never, you're never ready. And you, you know, the saying, um, uh, you're not ready. You don't know if you're ready until you get punched in the mouth. Right. Right. And, right. Right. And what's, I gotta, I gotta pause. You were getting buzzed. Just the idea of you doing this, you had some serious spokespeople lined up. You had some serious, I mean, you were talking to Hollywood. You were talking to some, I don't want to do necessarily name drop. I'll let you do the name drop if you want, but you had some serious people lined up for this thing. There was buzz behind this. So the idea was solid, right? We had, yeah, it was, it was solid. Everything, everything to move forward was, was we were ready to rock and roll. And uh, when you look back, you kind of realize after I talked with folks in the industry, you know, I started realizing that there were certain holes in our strategy hmm. that we weren't necessarily ready for. And obviously COVID was, it wasn't in anybody's strategy, you know, during that time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's rotate over. So I don't want to go too deep into the strategy. Let's talk about the execution. So you're ready to launch, you're ready to roll. What happened? Ready to launch, ready to roll. All of a sudden COVID occurs. Um, so we're, you know, we're executing and then we discover that um, as we execute, um, you know, I was thinking that we'd be able to start the, you know, the company on a, on a shoestring budget um, and then grow it based on, you know, creating a buzz and, you know, using the internet and various things of that nature. And when you take a look at trying to execute that and then people also, which is, which is very important. Um, and then obviously having the roles really clearly defined on who's going to do what, how it's going to happen wasn't really wasn't really clearly defined and so what that did is that caused us to to um 
actually start losing steam and then mm. you know covid you know covid occurs and then roadblocks you know start happening and so roadblocks a lot of time make it really really difficult to be able to execute and that caused us to you know have to make a pivot so let me back up because I want to I want to dig into this because this whole idea of clarity is one of the it, it, it's it's the most common obstacle I see. It's also the easiest one to address. But if you don't do it, nothing, nothing will get rolled out. So you talk about role clarity. What were some of the roles that you had and what were some of the the, the pitfalls that occurred between the different players? Yeah, so so role clarity in, you know, the the, the age old adage sales and marketing you know, in ops, right? So who does what and who's, you know, who's really responsible uh, for the sales strategy and who's actually responsible for the, for the funding mm. um, and, and bringing in the, bringing the dollars in was the parts that, that really um, drove us to, you know, to make that pivot. So we, you know, we tried to figure out, well, um, you know, on the, on the sales part and, and then also, you know, being CEO in, you know, you never look at a business as a, as a, take it personal. Right. Mm. And so I had to learn, you know, number one, you know, I've got to delegate and I was taking on, you know, more than I should have. And because of that, um, you know, it, it really um, caused us to slow down because I didn't delegate and really give it over to people that knew more than I did. Mm. So, I, so I had to take full accountability and responsibility for that. That's really tough. I, I I see that a lot, especially with people who are um, high capacity individuals. Like I know you, you're you're a bright guy. You're a fast learner. There's 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 a lot that you can just show up and go. Oh, I'll get it. I'll figure it out. And that's true. You do um, that. The ability to release people, the ability to delegate, but also to turn your back, not just hover. Uh, how did you manage it then? And, and did it work? Uh, or did you, would you do it differently now? I would do it so much differently now. I would, I would, I would definitely, you know, create a, create a clear demarcation, you know, between, you know, sales and marketing, but I will let marketing do marketing. Mm. I will let ops do ops and do what they do to, to, to ex execute it and let those who are supposed to help us raise the funding do it as well. Mm. And, um, so I would, and, and then also, you know, Tim, fear plays a big part. Oh my gosh. In, in execution. And so sometimes it makes you, uh, gun shy, you know, of not really, you know, making the right decision because you're afraid, you're afraid mm. to take that leap when mm. you've got people that are actually, you know, way more qualified than you to actually do it. And so that, you know, is what I would actually change. I, I would let them do what they're qualified to do and i would sit back and 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 learning how to find a place of peace that knowing that you made the right decision when it comes to people and giving them the right roles and then it's hard sometimes to you know decide on okay you know creating those roles and and then allowing folks to do what they're good at that's that's got to be really tough to um, not only manage your own energy, but also to make sure your people have the skills that they need to do. So did you did you hire for that? Did you look for that? Did you develop and train for that? What did you do to make sure your team and I'm going back in time because I know you've got a different approach now, but back and then what were you doing to make sure that your I'll call it your dependencies were strong? Mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to, I had to look, so I had to, you know, first I had to, I had to look internally and what, what my gaps were as a leader. Mm. 
And as a and as I looked at what my gaps were as a leader, I had to figure out, okay, what am I really not good at? And I said, I need to bring in people that are really qualified to be able to do that and to, to come and be a part of us and, and running a startup. You've got to bring in people that are qualified yeah. and better than you. And one of the things as a leader, I recognize to execute, you've got to bring in people that um, aren't afraid and you can't pass that, that fear of failure onto them. Mm. You have to allow them to do what they do. Mm. That's critical. Wow, that's big. So in other words, as a leader, one of your primary responsibilities if, to execute is to make sure you're not spreading your own fear, your own doubts into your team, uh, as we'll call it, we'll call it poisoning the water, so to speak, so that everybody has what they need to just run with it. Um, let, let's fast forward. So COVID hits, COVID goes hard. You have literally got, I, and I know enough of the narrative, you've got stuff set up. You've got all your, your uh, legal requirements met to produce alcohol. You've got warehousing set to go. You've got everything ready to rock. You've got a whole supply chain um, and you're literally stuck in the water. Uh, how did it unstuck? Well, how, well, how did it unstuck? Unstuck was, <laughs> you know, um, I had to, I had, I knew the COVID was a different, it was a different animal. We've never seen anything like this in the country. So I had to figure out, well, you know, we've got certain things in place now that if we made a pivot now, it was, it was, it was either pivot or die. Mm, mm. So taking what we already have in place and, and making a pivot to be able to um, develop, you know, different revenue streams to move forward is what we had to do. So one of the things that, you know, I, you know, I looked at was, okay, well, what can, with the team that I have, how can we execute right now in this current business environment? And, and, and then, and now remember during COVID, you couldn't go to bars, bars were closed. You couldn't have events, events were done. So folks weren't buying um, spirits um, during that time, you know, through the, through the traditional means. Right. And certainly not a brand new brand that didn't know. I mean, they're going to go, they're going to get what they know and that's it. There's not a time to go do marketing events and all the other stuff that you had planned, you know, in Hollywood and everywhere else that you were thinking. So right. what, what did you land on? I learned so industrial distribution and being a reseller uh, is what I landed on. And so um, looking at what we already had in place, uh, we actually had one of our business partners now come to us and say, we'd love for you to be a strategic reseller for us. Um, two companies that have certain supplier diversity requirements mm. and and I looked at it you know and that's my background I, I you know I've done it for right. over 20 years and I said you know what I can actually do this so what we decided to do was is that sometimes your idea might be a, a great idea but it might not be the right time for that idea mm. and and so you know so with that being said we had to pivot to what you know, you, you fall back to what you know sometimes in the in the midst of a crisis, and so that's what we did. So we we moved to industrial, you know, distribution, and then, you know, before you know it, um, we've got some you know huge customers that are, you know, to started working with us. Um, you know, do the Dutra Group. You know, one of the largest um, dredging companies in the country. Uh, UC Berkeley. Um, so we, uh, UC Berkeley, as well as UCSF and, and the state of California with, with all of those different 
um, institutions we we started working with and and then all of a sudden we shot up so all of a sudden the bourbon you know we put it we had to shelve it and because obviously if you don't figure out how to you know make money you're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) if if you're not if you're not if you're not in business there is no business for facts that is correct that is correct so you guys went and i know you also got into medical supply that was another big piece of it you were able to leverage your network and you were able to turn on um just literally it seemed it seemed overnight because you had built all this other stuff you just said let's stop let's redefine the problem and if we redefine the problem what problems can we solve that is correct. and and that's where you went and I, and i literally watched you guys go seven figures in revenue like immediately it was crazy right um, it was it was that year that 20 was it 2020 was 2020 2020 was insane so we knew we knew where we're going up there and then also my team's core competencies where it was a perfect fit and so that's when you can really execute Tim. is when your team when their core competencies meet where you're going and what you can do becomes easy to execute wow so let's let's pivot over let's talk about that because um my my belief is that execution is fundamentally uh, a decision making science it's about the decisions that humans make and so your people are your secret sauce to executing a strategy it's not your technology it's not your market position it's, it's the people because whatever happens whether it's the economy supply chain disruptions the market um who, you know covid whatever those are all external things it's how we respond and more importantly how the people that are in this organization respond, that that makes a difference. So what are the things that you've learned to look for to make sure people know and do from a human side of execution? From a human side, what are they passionate about? Hmm. And, and what and their skills and passion? Because your, your skill and passion should match, I believe. Hmm. And so hmm. when your skills and passion match, it makes it easy to execute. Because when you put pressure on someone that, that their passion doesn't meet their skills, you're actually setting your team up for failure and the ability and the lack thereof to be able to execute. Wow. Is that because when you need that passion, you're going to need people to dig deep and have that extra courage and that loyalty, that commitment to do something because it's personally fulfilling, not just good for you as that the is, CEO. Okay. That is correct. That is correct. That okay. is correct. You know, because, you know, why put someone, you know, that um, is a salesman, you know, to do marketing or why put yeah. someone who's a salesperson to do ops yeah. or to do technology? It just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's irrational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it's also, how do I say this? Uh, it's borderline unethical. I mean, if you're if you're doing business the right way, you're not just serving your customers, you're serving your team. That's, That's what great. leadership is. Leadership, I'm a huge believer in servant leadership. So what you're saying is great execution is anchored on people that you've already served by getting them into positions and into roles that they're going to not only do well in, but they're going to be fulfilled, they're going to be happy, and, and they're doing their passion or they're experiencing their passion while everybody's you know working their butts off to get stuff done. That is that is correct. That is correct. And see, the other part, too, one of the biggest things that I learned was was this is don't be offended when someone tells you you're wrong mm. that knows more than you mm. about you know certain aspects within your your company 
So I had that, you know, and I was just like, wait a minute, how are you going to tell me how to do this? But, you know, I look back, I'm like, I should have, you know, I should have been, you know, humble enough, servant leadership to say, you know what, you got it. So it's, it's, you're talking two things here that are really powerful. One is humility, but the other is boldness. And we don't think about strategic execution requiring boldness, but it does not in the boldness of just go stand and face the storm, but boldness in terms of being able to communicate openly to leadership and peers and other functions say, look, this is broken. Let's talk. If we can't talk, we can't execute. Oh, communication is so, if there's no communication when it's time to execute, you're going to experience some problems and difficulties in trying to, you know, move towards the, the, the goal, you know, as a team, it's, it's just like a football play or a basketball play. You have to be in the right place, the right position at the right time. It's all about timing. Mm. And, if, and if you don't have the communication or the nuances of communication, then it's different. So now, you know, on my team, it's pretty much, um, I really, I really delegate and I allow the folks on my team to do what they're great at. And I sit back and I'm just like, you know, wow, they're, they're doing what they're really great at. You know, you might be great at technology, but you might not be great in front of people. You might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I, you, I'm, I'm head spent a little bit because communication, I hear everybody I've talked to the communication comes up, but you're now talking, you're separating between, there's communication that happens because I put it out there. We're clear up front. We made sure everybody understood. But you're also talking about real-time communication, like live in the moment. And I'll go, I'll use your example of, of you know, football, I call an audible, right? I, I, we line up. We are ready to execute the play according to what was already scripted at halftime. We're going to go do this. And all of a sudden, you see the opportunity. It's like audible. We're going to change it. I'm going to move people around. We're going to do something completely different. And we're going to move forward. How do you manage that as a leader so that people have just in time in the moment communication and not just look, I'm just going off the email I got last month? Correct. So it's 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 constant, it's constant feedback and flow, mm. you know, communication and actually listening as a leader. You know, sometimes you can get so committed to um, what you think is the right way to execute to where you've got to let your people make the audible. Let your people make the audible mm. um, that's outside of what you think you should do. If you don't let your people make the audible, then it's the, the plate you can't execute. But that's, that's going to be like impossible. If you have, if you have fear right off the bat, you cannot delegate. You cannot trust people to make, because not only are you afraid of your mistake, you're afraid of their mistakes. And you, now you're dipping into not only failure, but trying to be a control freak and a micromanager. That is correct. I agree 100%. You, if you, if you are a control freak, you are, you are essentially a boa constrictor on your company. Wow. wow. You're your literally own, choking your people. You're choking your people. You're choking the life out of them. And you're going to lose them. We both know people don't leave companies. They leave, you know, bad leadership and leaders that constrict a person's ability to be able to execute is an issue because what happens is this, is that you have a vision, but they also have a microcosm of your vision of what how their vision fits within their your company. And if that doesn't work and you constrict that, they're gonna leave. Yeah. And you're gonna lose them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is big. Um, there's probably people listening right now who've lost some really 
dear talent on their teams. Mm-hmm. And this is the hard mirror moment. This is a, you know, look in the mirror and what's, what's, what's the face in that mirror telling you, you know, is it something you did? Or in some cases, it's maybe you're not the boss. It's something the company did and senior leadership did. And you weren't able to defend that. I I've walked that path. I know when you're, when you're trying to tell your team, Hey, hang in there. And your own company is like making it harder to do your job. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. But at the yeah. end of the day, we're back to that humanity. We're back to that, that people stuff. That is the secret sauce of execution. What what else? What else do you do then when you have people? Um, do you recruit for those things? Do you train for those things? Do you mentor? How do you how do you make that part of your DNA as a company? Because um, uh, what you're talking about is literally lifeblood kind of concepts. How do you make sure you're injecting that lifeblood and scaling it as you grow? Because I know your company's growing and you're adding people and you're getting bigger and and, and larger customers, which requires you know, better support and all that. And of course, better execution. That is correct. It's the, I call it, I call it, I call it um, partnership and business frequency. So mm. when you are um, working with your people and you've got to really, as a leader to execute, you've got to see them as partners. Hmm. You know, if you don't see them as partners then you're not going to trust the decisions that they make, period. You have to trust that your people are making the right decisions, calling the right audibles and doing the right things and communicating so that you, you know, are comfortable with, I mean, sometimes you're not going to be comfortable with the decisions they make, but you know that they're going to, you know, be able to do it, you know, based on the core competencies that you, you brought them over for as far as recruiting them. That that partner word is so important because I think we we get in terms of of hierarchy. We think in terms of hierarchy. We think in terms of um, you know org charts and whatnot. And you're just talking about hey, we're on the field playing, and, and everybody's everybody's got their number on their shirt. They have a role to do. Um, but but I I I wonder if there's something we do as a leader that enables that partnership. Because it can't just happen just because people are nice. I think in terms of, you know, how you empower your team to succeed, how you block downfield. The phrase I use, back to American football, block downfield. Um, all my rugby friends like, there's no blocking. Uh, there, there is in football. Um, and so somebody else can still carry the ball, but you're knocking obstacles out of the way so that they can be successful. What are the things that you now do? to block downfield? What are the things that you do to make sure your partners can be successful instead of just saying, okay, you're my partner, go figure it out. Right. So I talk to my partners and say, what do you need from me to make sure that you're that to accomplish um, the goal that we're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish and execute? Do you need from me? And, and, and let's outline it um, in the best way possible with uh, flexibility and let's go from there. If you don't, if you don't outline that with your partners, then and see them truly as a partner, and be humble to have that servant leadership and serve to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful. You know, then you're going to really cause some issues and problems in you know changing the the business model. You know, or or you know enforcing that execution part. You know, because. Um, you know, on the, on the technology, I know nothing about technology. I mean, I'm, 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 I, you know, I'm, I'm not even on TikTok yet. I, now I have to be on TikTok because we have to market, you know, the company in such a different way because of the, 
the, uh, the importance of social media. And I know nothing about that. And so I have to literally say, hey, go go for it, do what you need to do, you know, and, and, and go for it. And so one of our, um, um, well, actually, two, well, actually, my, my whole team, you know, I tell we, we talk about it. I mean, we, we meet twice a week and we go through it and talk about it and we establish clear again. You always talk about clarity and we establish clarity and we and we go from we go from there. And sometimes you might not be comfortable with the even if you get clarity, you still might be comfortable, but you've got to let it go. You've got to let it go and you've got to let them do what they're good at. And so that's how you, you, you pretty much execute because yeah, I hand the ball out off. I say, you know, student body, right. And the running back goes the different way, but he's on the field. He might see something totally different than I see because he's actually on the field and you let him do it, you know, he or she do it and you let him go in and score. Wow. That's it. That's probably the, the, the perfect point to, to wrap this up. This idea that um, you can have a plan, but then you have to release it and you have to let people go as long as we're all shooting for the same goal. That's and true. that's the critical piece I hear you saying is that if we are clear on what success looks like and we're all going for the same definition of success, it is amazing how quickly people will define what they need to do in order to get there because you're all shooting for the same thing. I agree 100%, Tim. That has to be done in order for your uh, team to, to execute and to do that. And so, and, and, and the other part too is that within our success, um, so it's two things. Within our success, you know, I discovered, okay, um, you know, when COVID, you know, ha occurred and, and our, our revenue generated, at some point I knew that COVID was going to be over. Mm -hmm. you know? And and I was just like, okay, what are we going to do when that occurs? How are we going to execute that? So because we have to change our business model again, because, you, you know, again, China all of a sudden floods the market with medical supplies and various things of that nature. And then the prices drop. And then all of a sudden your profitability goes down. And yeah. You know, so you have to look at all of that, which um, impairs your ability to be able to execute, you know, and so that's why, you know, you look at it and you hear your your, your team, we start saying, okay, this is, we, we need to, you know, pivot again. Mm. And don't be afraid to let your people pivot. Mm. Let them wow. pivot. Wow. Let them pivot. Like, let them pivot, brother. You got to let your people pivot. If you don't, man, it's, it's going to be it's not going to be a good situation for your business, especially a young entrepreneurship business. You know, we started in 90 or excuse me, not 90, but uh, 2019. Um, and we hit that, we're, we're at that three year mark now, which is when most businesses, you know, fail that are starting and stuff like that. And so we are, we're starting to see that we are, we are highly flexible and our customers recognize that these guys are flexible. We will, we will jump outside of what's normal and create a new normal. So think about this. Uh, technology always changes. And, you know, and I, and I always tell my team, we don't necessarily want to be the cell phone, but we want to be the chip in the cell phone so we can always change mm. the, the technology and the phone because some of the components never change. Yeah, yeah. We want to be the component, you know, in helping, you know, that change occur so we can execute.
That's awesome. That's so good. JD, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you uh, not only sharing your story and the transparency, but also the insights you, you brought today. They're really, really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you and and um, and all the support that you've given us. And uh, we're excited. And um, I'm excited about the podcast and, and what you're doing. Hopefully this helps a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and folks that are trying to execute. What a great conversation. I hope you were able to be inspired by the power of grit and courage in JD's story. I'm curious, what are your biggest takeaways? And how are you going to use them? My three biggest takeaways are self-awareness, especially for your own gaps as a leader, is critical. This keeps you from spreading your own fears into your team because fear keeps you and your team from pivoting. Passion is as important as skill set. Passion drives courage, commitment, and effort. Your people need to be treated as partners in the business, not cogs. Partners need to be empowered with the resources they need. It's the role of leadership to provide this empowerment. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one person and leave me a review on whatever platform you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is invaluable to me. And Imoa, onward and upward. Mm -hmm.